0: Guru Nation, welcome to episode 441 of Random Usings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, this was a really fun one. I got the interview Adam Brown, um, founder and CEO of ClinArc. They are, I initially thought they were a research site, but they are not. They are a feasibility company. Really they're like in a category of its own like he's he's a pioneer in this uh, space He basically created a new type of organization that uses analytics and um, Basically a database of sites with a lot of analytics and Intel on patients and staff And he especially focuses on a grassroots approach to minority recruitment for clinical research so we had a lot of fun during this interview uh adam and i i talked to him off camera this was the first time i talked to him also seems like we have a lot in common so Looking forward to more interviews with Adam and looking forward to following his career in the space. I think he's a rising star uh, in the industry. At least he's got all the makings of that so far. His LinkedIn profile is in the show notes. Check it out. Also in the show notes is my Patreon channel, five bucks a month. We do a monthly mastermind. We talk about strategies, how to leverage LinkedIn and other social media platforms to increase your business opportunities. Um, so check that out. We have a monthly mastermind where we keep each other accountable every month. It's a small, but growing group and we have weekly videos as well on strategies to boost your profiles and all those kind of things. Uh, also in the show notes, check out CRA Academy, CRC Academy, both of those in the show notes. And if you want more studies for your site, text me, 949-415-6256. With all that being said, enjoy the interview. It was a good one with Adam Brown. Take care. Hello, Guru Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I'm Dan Sfair. I've got Adam Brown Sr. CEO at ClinArc Inc. He's got a huge LinkedIn profile. How did you amass such a big following on LinkedIn, Adam? You must be like working LinkedIn like nonstop. And I notice all your posts too, and they're very timely now with what's going on. We're going to get into that also. This is September, 2020 and an election year for everybody watching in the future. Hopefully we survive all this, Uh, (laughs) but what's going on, Adam? How's everything? Everything
1: is great, you know, Um, trying to to make it out of this whole uh, COVID, you know, intact.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, one good thing about COVID, if there is a good thing, I mean, it it kind of put clinical research at the forefront of people's minds, like go six pack. I guess you can call. I don't know if you can call him Joe Sixpack, but you know the average Joe, right, out there. And and we're going to get into patient recruitment and and diversity in clinical research because we have to. But first, I want to get started with you. Like, who are you, and how did you get started in clinical research? I have your LinkedIn bio here, but can you explain kind of like your background? Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you the uh, the the gaps. Um, so, it, right before so. I graduated from college around 2014 and I went home, sleeping on my parents' couch, (laughs) you know, like, like everybody else. Um, Mm -hmm. I had my, my first job out of college was a, uh, I was working at a doggy daycare. And I remember I was sitting there, I was scooping and you can imagine, Uh, but I was scooping and I'm sitting here like with a, with a biology degree thinking like this, this cannot be it. Um, so <laughs> so then you know i just got on nd with a biology degree
0: hmm? you had a biology degree you said yes yeah, so i have a degree okay. in biology
1: so i got on, i got on nd and i just started blasting my my resume everywhere uh i didn't care who went to walgreens whatever i just didn't want to work at this this doggy daycare
0: anymore um wow <laughs> so, yeah with a biology uh, degree i mean I, I could see that i could see that
1: i inc I research uh Inc. research called me and said, Hey, you know, want to interview. So I I go there and I, you know, people who, who, you know, follow me on LinkedIn, they know I'm just like really straightforward. So I just told the lady, it was three of them. Um, I was interviewed by three, by three women. And they, they said, you know, tell us about yourself. And I I was just honest with them. I said, Hey, I'm sleeping on my mom's couch right now. (laughs) And the job looked really cool. So, you know, I, And then from there, you know, they called me back. I remember when they called me. They called me on my lunch break when I was working at the doggy daycare and said, you got the job. Wow. And at that very moment, I walked into my boss's office and said, hey, uh, I got to (laughs) stop.
0: yeah from the doggy daycare
1: that's how, that's how it all began for me and then i you know i worked at inc research as a feasibility
0: specialist but how did you get this job so this is 2014 like i have we have an academy we have a cra academy crc academy and we have students like they pay to gain internship experience so that they can get jobs like that and you got it like just by blasting your resume i didn't, know. Like,
1: I, didn't I didn't i didn't you know i went to the interview not knowing anything all i knew is i didn't want to work at this doggy daycare anymore so. wow okay
0: but, no kidding yeah it
1: was it was more so like me going i went to this interview and i just told them like you know i i prepared you know i you know i studied you know the the industry and then i went into this okay. interview and i got the job but
0: Okay. Uh um, you know how, there, how did you study the interview like you bought books from center watch what was back books. then I,
1: you know I, around that time youtube was around so i, I was you know i was get, i would get on the internet try to understand the phases of clinical trials um really trying to you know understand the different aspects of yeah as much as i could within that time period you know you can't learn everything and yeah. i wanted to really you know understand you know what I, what, what type of questions they would ask me in this interview um and luckily you know, I went into that interview just being my authentic self, you know, telling them exactly what, what I was dealing with at the time. Like, hey, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. This job looks really cool. I can do it, you know. Um, and, you know, it went off from there. And, and I was wow. able to, you know, secure the job. But um, that, that position in particular, working as a feasibility specialist, taught me a lot because I was able to um, meet with, you know, doctors. You know, you're talking to doctors around the world. You know so i may call somebody one day and they're in france or call somebody another you know south africa you know, i was talking to people around the world um so that 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 really made me comfortable with talking to people i mean there were days where i would have to make 85 calls you know 85 calls and i would call a doctor he'd get off my phone and then i would have to you know call a different <laughs> one. you know how it goes they think <laughs> you're a
0: telemarketer
1: yeah no it was literally it was literally like a call center um i mean that's the only way i could explain it it was you had to you had to understand the science, but it was a call center. It was like a bunch of smart people in a call center. That's essentially what it was.
0: Wow. No key. I mean, we deal with, you know, we have sites. You have a site. Now we deal with feasibility analysts. I wish they would be calling us like usually we're calling them now.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it was just like I don't think i've ever made that many calls in my life so
0: they basically gave you like inc gave you the studies where they still needed more sites and nobody else wanted to do it so they said hey adam find us some sites basically so
1: the way the way it was set up um when i was there we would so they would say hey this sponsor wants to wants to run this trial and my job was to you know um I was a POA, so I had I would sign the I would sign off on the CDAs, all that stuff. You know, negotiate the terms. I, I mean, and this is my first. I had been <laughs> this is I was literally in the industry for maybe like a couple months, and I'm you know negotiating the terms, um, all that stuff, and then you know getting the stuff finalized, you know, for the um, for, for the visit. But I, I essentially kind of laid that groundwork so that when when it's time for the visits to happen, all that stuff, the, the CRAs could just take over. Um, but wow. I, would, I would, you know, have I would kind of lead the lead the meeting, represent the INC research, um, you know, in the meetings as the the feasibility um, lead, and you know, give them the update, give the sponsor the updates on what was happening during the yeah. trial, how many sites, you know, we had on board, whether we, you know, weren't having, you know, any responses and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. You seem like a you seem like a people person, like very outgoing especially I could see on link. I mean, I can see in this interview, this is the first time we're talking besides typing to each other. Um, you seem like a people person. Do you think that was like, you, like the biggest reason why they hired you from the interview?
1: You know, I didn't, it, it's, it's weird. Um, I think that I, I am, uh, to answer your question, I am, <clears throat> but it wasn't always natural for me. Um, I re, I will never forget when I was in high school, uh, my mother. Okay. So my senior year of high school, they called me into the office. They said, Adam, we just want to let you know you're going to be
0: valedictorian. I said, excuse me? (laughs) I saw that on your LinkedIn. I don't know. I just glossed that over.
1: I I said, excuse me? So listen to this. This is how terrified I was of public speaking. I said, well, uh... (laughs) If I get a D, will I be able to drop down to like three and not have to talk? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. So, so you're telling me like, you're no. telling me
0: you're naturally you're a natural introvert.
1: I actually it it just happened out of nowhere to be honest with you. Um, after a while, wow. just, after a while, just like talking to so many people, your brain just says, "Yeah." Uh, <laughs> I when, That's I, when crazy. I was in college, when I was in college, I. Um, my professors will after they see this, they'll be like, "Oh, we, we get it now, but um i would uh I would have to call my mom before like every presentation because like I would be sweating and uh um, yep. I, I would like have to hide
0: <laughs> man, I'm the same dude, we are the same then, because everyone assumes I'm an extrovert because I do all these podcasts and videos. I had to teach myself, I was nervous as hell, and in high school, similar to you, no valedictorian." But like getting up to speak, I would just do anything in my power not to. Um, mm-hmm. College, I, a little bit started coming out of my shell towards the end of college. But, and then when I got in the industry, I kind of had to, because as a business owner, you kind of have to talk more. But then I had like the YouTube, I kind of did that to force myself to start talking in public. And now people assume I'm extroverted. It reminds me a lot of you. It's
1: like, uh, no, I'm
0: not,
1: <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that easy, trust me.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know everybody leans towards one or the other. Like even if you teach yourself to be an extrovert at least for me, I still default like if I'm in a room and we're not talking about clinical research, let's just say we're in a room talking about stocks, I'll default to like the background. I'm not going to be in the front front and center.
1: Yeah. And and I, but I also think that's that's a good part of like leadership though. You have to know when like You know, like I have to tell my people, hey, this is not my space, guys. I don't know anything about (laughs) this. You know, so you know, being able to gauge that is important, though. Um, Be honest with you, in leadership, in in general, like you have to know your limits. You have to know when it's time to scale it back.
0: (laughs) I would have never guessed for you, man. So, did you end up doing the speech?
1: So I walked out on stage, and the um, so I had to speak at, at Xavier, the Xavier University. And we had the graduation in there, and <laughs> that's, it, this is a funny story. And I walk oh, out savior. on stage. Savior's good school. Yeah, I, I walk out on stage, and all I see is thousands of people. And immediately, I feel the sweat under my cap. Just it just wow. came down and dripped, down. and my face is on the project, like on the. It was in a in an arena, so you can see my face on the on the screen up above.
0: Wait, you gave so the talk at, at Xavier University? Yeah, yeah. So I, had to I thought we were this. talking about high school. What? Oh, wow. Yeah, this was no, So this, this was this was high school. Oh, okay. We oh, graduated, you did it in- we graduated
1: at the arena there.
0: I gotcha. I, so gotcha I, had, I gotcha. So I had to speak. Yeah. So I okay. had to speak
1: at the arena, and it was like thousands of parents. For all the kids parents <laughs> and, you know and everybody's down on the floor and i'm sitting at an 18 year old your know, 17 year old adam is i'm sitting here my eyes wow.
0: wide open, fight I'm or never, flight never, like your
1: heart <laughs> i have never listened to i've never ever in my life given a presentation to more than 10 people and i'm sitting here looking at this like, i gotta do this and and i and i did it but in the middle of it to even make it worse right in the middle of my of my speech this, this, this young lady uh, who was in my class throws up. Literally right, so like I'm talking and I'm <laughs> looking down and I'm watching this lady throw up wow. in front of me.
0: And, and it's just like- She had a hangover. <laughs> she was pregnant. Oh my God. <laughs> so that would make so it more, that, like, <laughs> that would either make it worse or better for you. I don't know. It could it go either make way.
1: It made it worse because It's like, I want to get
0: this over with, you know, so I want
1: to, I want to hurry up and get this over so I can sit down and let the other people talk. Yeah. But no, this lady (laughs) had to throw up and I had to sit up here and wait for them to clean her up. (laughs) So I can can finish going. So, you know, it's, it's been a process for me. Uh, I've been thrown into the fire.
0: (laughs) Yeah that fight or flight system is real like when you get up there before you're about to get on stage i took beta blockers before uh they really do help one of the doctors prescribed me beta blockers i was like dude i'm nervous like in public speaking he's like oh you should take beta blockers they do work they they like calm me down but they give you nightmares like really bad nightmares at night so I don't know. It's not really no, every day.
1: I, I think I think I'll pass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you don't pass if it's a large group, but you'll you'll take the nightmares. But not every day.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I completely understand that.
0: That's crazy. I would have never guessed because seeing you on LinkedIn, like you're very active on LinkedIn now. I would have guessed you were like class president in high school and like Mr. Popular and all that stuff.
1: No, I I believe it or not. Up until I got to high school, I was an F student.
0: <laughs> wow, like junior high? Not, not
1: because, but, but not because like I wasn't smart. Because I just I was bored in class, so I would go to school and go to sleep. Um, wow, yeah, and, and and I remember my teacher got so mad that during a, a parent-teacher conference, um, my mom she told my mom she said Yeah, at the rate he's going, he's gonna be working at a grocery store." <laughs> and my mom came out of this conference so mad so <laughs> don't you ever embarrass me like that again but then i went to high school and became came valedictorian i don't even know what happened to be honest with you. Crazy. i
0: don't know, I don't that's know how it crazy happened. that's crazy i would have yeah, never would have never guessed that about it. you so <laughs> after the feasibility analyst thing like then you started learning about research industry right like as you're doing yep. that your next role was bioclinica was that
1: so my, my next role, after, no, my next role after that was so I was working at um, it was this Inflamax research. I don't, it doesn't exist anymore. Okay, but it was a Canadian CRO. And um, at, at that at that company, I was working at um, on a site level. So I'm going to paint this picture for you. I get this job. It's a it's like I've never done anything. It's like I had to go to this site. And essentially we had our team got the site running. There was no it was an empty warehouse. We had to go we had to get a chamber in there cuz it was an allergy trial. Mm. So we had to get a chamber in there so that we could run the truck like it we built this site from the ground up. And then we had to start getting patients, develop the you know the the process to you know the timing cuz you know you have the, the clock and all that stuff. You got to hit the hit the time points and all that stuff. So we were I mean, I got to experience literally building a site from the ground up, um, you wow. know, and, and, and running that. And, you know, I would literally go in the chamber, change the, change the pollen counts and all that stuff. And then go in and count the pollen at the microscope, talk to the patients. I mean, it was, it was, no it was crazy, but, but, it, but I, but I learned a lot. Um, you know, that taught me how to really engage with patients and really engage with people from different, you know, again, similar to the, to the whole feasibility, um, the whole feasibility role it, it allowed me to develop those those skills uh to mm. you know, interact with people and be so able that's,
0: to make, that's that's what I kind of what that's what kind of puts site ownership on the map for you then right because mm-hmm. you're a site owner now
1: yep so so and then, and then after that i worked at uh, cti and at cti i worked there as a as a research associate and that that experience was more so it allowed me to see See how a CRO works just across the board because I was helping project managers. I was helping the business development. They didn't have a feasibility department, so I was actually helping the business development team execute. Like just oh, they would have loved you with your
0: background work. from uh, Inc. Right?
1: Yep, yep, yep. So I was pulling a, I was pulling on that to mm-hmm. really you know kind of build out um, you know what we were what we were uh, doing at that company, uh, but. You know, CTI is is, is, is they're they're Miss I C R O, but it but I learned I learned a lot there. Uh, just being able to really see how all the departments work and how you know what roles they play in the execution of you know projects and all that stuff. I mean, from helping, I I helped HR, I helped uh, IT, I helped project managers, I help, I was on a study team. You know,
0: you they, done everything. They, they switched offices. I helped move the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a generalist, you started out as You know what I mean? Like,
1: like, like seriously, like I, had, I had to do all the stuff that nobody else wanted to do. But, but it taught me a lot. You know what I mean? It, I, I, learned how to, I learned how to do it all.
0: Do <laughs> you believe? Be perfect, uh, I learned how to do it. So, do you believe in, like, the theory I've been putting out, like, you know, you, you're going to have to start out as a specialist, most likely. Nobody's going to hire a generalist, but then you – it's your job, your responsibility to become a generalist. You, you've yes. done this, right?
1: But yes, it, it's important because if – so, that's the only reason I'm able to do what I'm doing now. That's the only reason why I'm able to have this conversation with you because I had I – I did so many things. Right. You know, like, I, I had to – you know, help get a site going. I had to, mm-hmm. I've called doctors around the world. You know, I've been mm-hmm. on the phone with a doctor and had no idea what he was saying. He didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> you know, so like, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's, I've been in those situations before. So I, I think, you know, being, being thrown into the fire and, you know, not just focusing on one thing all the time, it'll, it'll, it'll expand your horizon Really, to be honest with you right? Uh, that as you, as you progress, You'll understand, like, say you want to become an entrepreneur, you know, you'll you'll understand where all those pieces go, you know, and, and I and I think, you know, to, I love everything that you that you post, especially with the, with the whole generalist, um, you know, aspect. I think it's I think it's really important uh, because people do need to people do need to have they don't need to just be doing the same thing all the time. You need to really experience how all the pieces work because if you do, then you'll be, you'll, you'll also be able to. Have a little empathy for the person that's doing their job
0: (laughs) man it's and it's the person's responsibility too i mean look companies don't hire you so that they can grow your career like they hire you so Uh, they can make money so you can do a role and they can make a profit right i mean some there are good companies that hire you and say hey i want to groom you but they're going to put you on their track they want they're not going to really necessarily care what you want is your responsibility. I talked to a site owner and, and you're a site owner. So you know what I'm, you, you probably have, have uh, experienced this. I talked to a site owner in Phoenix yesterday, brand new site owner. Um, he wants that he need. he doesn't know anything about research. So he wants to hire an experienced coordinator. So he's targeting these big sites around him, like on, on Instagram to do ads. And I said, yeah, that's a good strategy because those companies, people don't like working there. Look at their Glassdoor reviews people are unhappy so you don't even have to compete with salary you can just say "Hey, better quality of life to work here he said yes the problem is because he's interviewed so many of these people from these bigger sites they are so streamlined and it's almost like the company does this on purpose for anybody trying to break in the industry listen to this okay these companies not just one many They are so streamlined. It's a defense mechanism. They know that if they let you go, and and a competitor hires you, you don't know anything to hurt that company. You just know to do one little thing. Oh yeah. Right. So think about that, guys. All right. It's your responsibility to make yourself a generalist, not the company. Company could care less. If you if
1: you look if you really look at my resume I strategically picked every job that I that I took. It wasn't like I was just I was just blindly, oh man, I need some money. I'm going to go <laughs> apply for a you know, this job. No, I like I I knew what I liked. Huh. And I knew what I wanted to expand on so i strategically picked the road so like you know feasibility marketing i got to understand
0: okay you
1: know how that how i can apply that to to the whole marketing side
0: of yeah i was gonna ask was that like luck that you did all these random things or was it on purpose no
1: i did it on purpose it was it it was it was on purpose i've I've always loved feasibility but i wanted to understand how everybody thought in all these other companies so that when i built my company i understood <laughs> i understood what the problem was
0: <laughs> so when was when was that goal because not everybody not everybody comes in and says hey i want to like start a site or a business like what what was when did you get the goal just uh, um, for clinarch i guess
1: you know, I, I would say it, it, so clinarch you know clinarch for me i knew that i wanted to start start something on my own I didn't know when I didn't know if I was gonna be 50 I didn't know when I was gonna start it mm-hmm. but to be honest with you our industry um you know be, I'll be honest being an African-American in our industry you know you you, you hit a lot of barriers uh and you know I've, I've had to overcome them and you know it got to a point where it's like I want to create a platform that allows that where, where people can go and you know you know it doesn't matter your it truly doesn't matter what color you are but especially those that are you know minorities and have you know they're dealing with with this with this pressure underrepresented you know it 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 really is to be honest with you um and you you know you deal with you know as an analyst you know i would submit work and it would just be i mean it it would just tear it up every, you know, and I'm and I'm looking like, you know, I would tell them things like, you know, why would you run, why would you run all these trials in the United States for HIV and all the patients yeah. are in Africa, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I would, <laughs> I would bring those things up and they would, ah, get this out of here. Um, so, you know, for me, it was, it was just like, okay, I have to go create, I have to go create my own platform. You know, I have to go create my own platform where I can get my creativity out and, and, you know, share it with the world, world and really let people see that. You know, this is what I was. This is what I was trying to show you. Um, and now, since COVID happened, now it's like, oh, now we see. You know, so it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's what I was trying to. That's what I was trying to tell you when I was doing my analysis. But <laughs> you so when, know,
0: when did you start Clinarc? Um, Two thousand nineteen. Two thousand nineteen. Most site. Most people that want to start sites, uh, I tell them the the hardest thing is also the first thing you have to do, which is getting your PI. So how did you do that? Did you already have uh somebody in mind or no, I, that work so with?
1: so the way so the way so Clinarch is to explain what Clinarch is. Clinarch is almost Clinarch is not it's not a okay. So Clinarch is not necessarily a s we don't we don't actually own the site. So what we what we built is a is think of it as like feasibility on steroids. So it's like if you ask me Adam, can you can ClinArc run this? Can you you know find sites for this study? Yeah, we can. Ah, we, okay. We'll get you sites. I already, we already know everything about the site. We know what type of what type of scanners they have, all that stuff. So wow. it's not like it's not like you know. Oh, we need we need a month to run this feasibility. You come to us, cool. We have sites in South Africa.
0: So you really <laughs> created like a unique kind of company here. Where
1: yeah. It's so the- it's not. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not a site. We are a, we are sites. Um, you know, uh-huh. we, we we essentially. Uh, but but now we're we're also being asked to, you know, do community engagement. So we're being asked to go to communities and engage these communities. So you know, we're gonna be.
0: Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah okay. So,
1: yeah. So it it's 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 more it's more than just think of where I'm trying to redefine what feasibility is. Feas- you know, I gotcha. usually what feasibility is is just like a little line item oh feasibility is no like we need to spend more time on the feasibility process because I that's see. why things are messed up <laughs> because it's just like oh you know um this doctor he uh he told me he could get 500 patients um did you guys even you know look at the population data around there like did you yeah. So we do all that. We, we already, they usually don't. Yeah, no, it's just like, oh yeah, he said he could do 50th month and then it, and he enrolls no one.
0: Yeah, we we'll take their word for it. <laughs> so, That's interesting. So what kind of what category is that? Like it's not a CRO. It's not a
1: category. I yeah, mean, it's your we, own we, thing, right? Yeah, it's it's completely different. I
0: category use category
1: I, I use what I knew from feasibility to create essentially a way for for um sponsors and CROs to gain intelligence really fast
0: that's so smart, not like, man.
1: yeah so so it's not like you know like, like like I said you know we got to send our survey monkey and you know no we know exactly you know I mean I, had, I would have doctors call me hey man you, can we do this study blah, blah, blah. they call me
0: how did you, know, you do so, it you got to uh, you convince doctors to get like their EHRs into some portal that you can have access to yes. or
1: but so no no that's no no, no. So we, don't, we don't we don't we don't we don't we don't maintain their their health records we just, we keep their, we know all the, all like the data around like their capabilities, all that stuff. Okay. And we also, we, if the sponsor needs us to, we can go engage the communities around these sites. Ah, uh, so I, we'll gotcha. I gotcha. I now To okay. literally, so like underserved communities, like 71% of our company is, is, is minorities. So when we go to these underserved communities, we're going to be able to connect with them see what i'm saying so it's not like it's not like you know you have to talk to somebody that doesn't look like you You, you right right you know so which
0: is a problem in our industry i saw your post yesterday we got to talk about that
1: yes yes absolutely so yeah so my my platform i'm trying to create something new here um interesting
0: okay because i haven't i had an idea, and i've it's not my idea but i went to dia last year in san diego (laughs) for the conferences and there's all these virtual trial companies out there that will pay a doctor like two grand and these doctors do it. They'll pay a two grand for like doing a study. And then when I ask, like, what's the study, they say, well, we go to the EHR and and we put it all into our database and now we can do retroactive studies. Mm -hmm. So basically what they're doing is they're siphoning off the EMRs from as many doctors as they can. And there's a big CRO funding this, but I'm not going to name them. But there's they're and they're not really like on the comp, and they're just like on the side, funding right. this. So all about data, man. Like yeah. I'm trying to do something similar, but uh, to be upfront, at least with our site network about it. But uh, it sounds like you're doing something similar, but not with the health records.
1: Yeah. So the whole health records piece
0: gets a little tricky. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't want to be the. <laughs> I don't want to be on the end of that.
0: <laughs> it gets very tricky, but that's where it's headed. I mean, it, well, it is, yeah, That's absolutely. where pharma wants it to go. I don't know yeah. if that's where it's headed.
1: Right, right. You know, so you know, I, I'm trying to. What I'm trying to do with my platform is is expand access and awareness. Um, that's mm. the that's the ultimate goal. So expand by access knowing, and
0: awareness. Okay.
1: By knowing everything that we know about the sites we can tell the sponsor right then and there this is where you should go this is where the patients are so that could be an underserved community you
0: know so you, you guys that visit be- the sites like the ones that join your database you guys visit the sites it's and do like a- this?
1: you know it could virtually
0: okay uh, right okay. now
1: but but yeah we you know we we meet talk back and forth all that stuff uh so you know it's it's a uh, it's a it's, it's it's a lot but but it's you know it, it's needed um we have to create a way for the, for the sites, the sites to be heard that don't have experience. Yes. Um, so I, I was, you know, I, I'm i an analyst, you know, I, I, that's all I do, I like numbers. So you know, I, I sat there and looked at the numbers, I'm like wait, you mean you tell me 82% of sites that have experience, have conducted 10 trials or less? Like think about that. <laughs> 80, 82% 80%. of the sites that have, have done trials period, have like ten trials or less.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, so what's it, the other stat, it's like ninety uh, percent of doctors that do their first study never do a second one.
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's like you can't if, if you if you have your kid ride a bike one time, they're not gonna know how to ride a bike. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not fair. You know, you have to they have to get practice. You know, so we can't say oh they're a bad site. Don't go ever go back there. Like these people <laughs> that's probably their first trial.
0: Yeah, using that analogy, it'd be like the kid. Let them ride the bike. They're gonna fall. They're never gonna want to ride the bike again. And then you're done with it, right? The kid's never gonna ride a bike.
1: Exactly. So, so, so it's just like we we have to let we have to we have to create a an environment where people are able to have these opportunities
0: mm-hmm. to uh,
1: you know gain access to trials. 100% one hundred percent agree. Of, and that's one of the ways that we can solve the issue is by. At least going to the right sites. <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: So if sites want to join the ClinArc network, is it a network, or you're just like basically working with any site that wants to uh, get like, more well, studies? You
1: know, it's not, it, we don't. We don't. We don't. It's free. They, they it's free. The website.
0: So yeah, the site don't, don't have don't. to pay you anything. Like my sites can join ClinArc and say, you know, I, I, Adam, I, you give you us know, studies.
1: No, yeah. So you don't. You know, it's free. We'll, we'll work on your behalf. It, interact
0: with sponsors and oh, to do- i'm gonna introduce yeah. you to a couple people after yeah. this
1: <laughs> yeah so it's, it, you know, it's, it's like a red box you know
0: <laughs> i like it okay i got two <laughs> two people i'm gonna introduce you to yeah two people monica you've probably seen her on videos i'm gonna i'm gonna email her and CC you on it and we'll get we'll get started because i'm doing something similar with our site networks we have a model where like we work with sites in the industry. If they want to get studies, they pay a monthly fee. We help them with every, it's kind of similar to what you're doing, but we don't charge right. the uh, sponsor. I think you're monetizing from the charging the sponsor, right?
1: Right, right, yeah. right. So, you know, I know I, because I, a lot of the sites, like for example, like we have a ton of sites in Africa, like a ton. And we know what they're, ab- what they're able to do, how many patients per month they can see in this, in a particular indication. So like, you know, in order to get that type of information, I don't want to charge you, you know, like it probably, you know, it takes a while to enter that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd rather have that on hand so that when an opportunity comes, I can put you, I can put you forward. You know what I'm saying? So I it's like, it, right. it's, it's more incentive for the site to say, I'll spend time on this. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to pay for it.
0: Right. And no, this is, <laughs> and, um, and the sponsor this will
1: say, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think this kind of, this model, I don't think it's been done. I mean, Yeah, it hasn't been done. I know there's study brokers out there, but they always charge the sites. Right. I think they also charge the sponsors as well. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then there's models like mine where we charge a monthly fee, but we're basically like helping the site do anything they want. Budget, you want source documents, you want SOP, you want study, anything, we do it for you. But yours is different. Yours is like a more of analytics type of, uh, uh, yeah, like you said, feasibility on steroids.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that, that's literally that's it, It's almost like being prepared ahead of time. It's like ah, let's mm-hmm. not let's not wait for the feasibility to come and we're scrambling to find bad sites. You know, it's like let's just yeah, it's ready. How <laughs> do you
0: how do you make sure like let's say like how do you keep track like let's say you recommend um, a site to a sponsor and then the site doesn't perform like how do you um how what do you do with that site?
1: I mean, we'll track all that stuff. So we'll, we'll you know, at, we'll stay in close contact with the sponsor. You know, we'll someone someone will be assigned to the study, and you know, oh, okay. we'll, yeah. So it, we'll, it's not like we we just send the sites and do, you don't ever hear from us again. It'll be a matter of literally like, hey, how's it going? Oh, they didn't recruit anyone. Okay, cool. Note that. And our in our system. Yeah. So like the way our system is set up, um, when the sites are entered, like we have AI that can do all that stuff so like it's i can figure out the best sites that i wow so I can, okay and all that stuff so so yeah it, it's a um it's <laughs> it's it's it, it's pretty it's pretty high tech but it's but it but it's not at the same at, at the same time yeah the, the goal is to is to get people opportunity that's at the at the bare minimum that's what I'm trying to do get get somebody a phone call at least you know if you are site in Africa and you haven't run any I'll have, I mean and these and, you, and the sad thing is that these sites are really eager to participate like they want they want a shot you know yeah. uh, and they don't get it uh, so so it's just like we have to get past that you know we have to give these get these these sites you know opportunities to participate more than once like who who does something once and it's like perfect you know like no entrepreneurs don't even do that like, you can't start a company just like perfect off, you know
0: off the right you know, like <laughs> right exactly. it does work that way interesting, so, very interesting business model um what have you been getting a good, good like fair reception from the industry so far i know it's a weird year with covid
1: has been it, it's it's been crazy but yeah i mean like we we talk about the virtual trial uh company we we helped one uh, um expand their services uh to different sites cuz they wanted to get sites trained so we helped them do, um,
0: They're out there. They're out there. And uh,
1: I mean they came so we we helped them we helped them get sites trained in about 30 countries.
0: Um, wow. Yeah, there's there's some virtual trials that are see virtual trial is like used now by all kinds of companies. But really, a virtual yeah. trial means like patients' visits are done at their home as much as possible. Right. Um, but, you know, this company I met at DIA, their version of a virtual trial is siphoning someone's medical records to their database. That's not a real virtual trial. <laughs> uh, but they're calling it the same thing, so people are confused. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so it, it once you once you peel back the layers and you actually meet the companies, it starts to, yeah, you start to see the difference uh, mm-hmm.
0: between the difference the platform. immediately. Yeah. So let's but talk yeah, about diversity. Like, what about diversity in clinical research? Cause I mean, what a perfect time, you know, with all this stuff going on, Tuskegee was like what 40 from 1940 to like 70, something yeah, uh, was, 30 years. Uh, um, and so that was what 40 years ago. Yep. Yep. Uh, African Americans are still not represented in research. Latin Americans are still, not represented, basically everyone's underrepresented um, in research studies. I looked up a lupus study. We got to talk off camera because I am I got a thing for a lupus study. We want more minorities in it. Lupus, uh, I think it's like three or four times more likely to be diagnosed African-American or Hispanic-American. I
1: have family
0: with it. You do? <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, I have family yeah. with it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so, and in so these studies, it's mostly Caucasian participants right and um caucasian male
1: yes i mean it's it, there's an underrepresentation of women yeah not skin color women yeah and minorities you know so like one one thing that we also you know, i see was going on with COVID is they'll you know these companies will say oh you know let's tell the public how many minorities we have well <laughs> you report okay so you can't say like okay so we have you know 60 percent white and then like minorities 40 percent that's like three ethnicities so like we need to know <laughs> you know like that could be seven percent you know black so you yeah. need to get more black people you know so it's like we we don't do, minorities it doesn't just define like everybody else you know right for individuals so we have to also make sure that like each each ethnicity is represented or race is represented, you know, um, and, I, and, I, and, and I think we, we have to get to a point where it can't, it can't be looked over because at the end of the day, you're, you test it on the individuals that, you know, the white people that are essentially joining the trial, and then at the other end, the minorities are the ones taking the medicine.
0: Right. So right.
1: It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense.
0: I, I used to think it was just about optics, like especially now in this environment, I was skeptical, like, because we've been hearing this diversity thing for years, but I don't really see action. And then, uh, so I always thought it was like optics, right? Until I had a few conversations with some big pharma and they were like, no, no, Dan, it's not uh, just optics. I mean, that's good too. Who doesn't want that? But the FDA will not accept our data if it's not representative of the general population with this condition. Yes. So yeah. it's like, num- it's, it's business to them.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's serious. Um, you know, especially when you, when you consider the fact that, you know, it can impact like I'm on the, the serious, sorry, serious talk, no, serious, <laughs> <laughs> serious start recruiting. <laughs> patient, <laughs> too. But yeah, so, you know, the, the, a drug can re- react differently depending on your, on your ethnicity so, or race. So you have to be mindful of that. So it's like, we, we, we need to make sure we have that data. Um you know, to support whatever we're doing. Uh, And, and it's going to take us, it may take a little more effort. It may make the Mm. the trial longer.
0: To be honest, how do, how do we find more minority participants? I mean, my theory is get more minority clinicians involved, or at least if you can't find minority clinicians, at least find clinicians in the communities that treat minority patients. Right.
1: So that, 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 that's a, that's a very good idea, but one of the issues is that right now it's a shortage of minorities in terms of, you know, investigators yeah. and all that. So we have to be willing to go the extra mile and take the trial, uh, essentially take the trial to, to them. Um, we have to be able to, you know, create a safe space in these neighborhoods where people can say, Hey, I want to go talk to you about this trial um, because they're, they're scared. I talked to, they, I'm from the communities. Like I, yeah. I get it. I understand the fears. Um, like I like I told you when I was saying, hey, you know, I submitted for Indeed. I didn't even know any. I didn't know anything about clinical research. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about it. I didn't know it mm-hmm. existed. I I would always see like, you know, ads and stuff, but I didn't know it existed. You know, so like, taking that mindset, and and you know, and really, really trying to understand, like, hey, these people have no idea what you do, and you're asking them to take you know, these drugs, you know, so you have, we have to get over that barrier and also take, like you said, take into consideration that, you know, um, you know, Tuskegee did happen. Um, yeah. You know, and and I hear that a lot. Like, it's not like, and let's not, not like, forget uh, how it
0: happened. It didn't yeah. just happen on accident, you know, right. they got caught.
1: That's what I, Exactly. So it's like, you have, to, you have to understand, like, it's our duty. When I say our duty, it's because we are also researchers. It's mm-hmm. our duty to bring the trial to them. It's yep. not their duty to see our ad and then, you know, they're not going to see our ad and be like, oh, I can't, you know, I'm going to. See- yeah,
0: that's, that's my biggest ad. pet peeve. Like, pharma thinks, hey, you know, we're going to run ads. And, you know, the, they're like the most hated industry. Pharma is like, other than maybe insurance, I don't know what's more hated. I think pharma is number one.
1: I mean, I mean seriously though, you know, it, it really. I see the raw like comments.
0: Yeah, you like, sent one yesterday. Like, Let me pull it up. Yeah, like, these are
1: these are actual like people contact me for clinical trials like in my community and stuff, and around like I've had people contact me from Atlanta for clinical trials. Like, I mean, like people contact me in in these underserved communities to join trials because they they see somebody that looks like them, that talks like them, that you know c- can tell them the truth. Um, And that's not saying that people on other, you know, that's not saying that these other companies aren't telling the truth. It's just saying, hey, I trust this person because, you know, I can relate with them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I mean, it's common sense. It's common sense. Like, but I don't get, you know, there's a lot going on. You're actually busy on LinkedIn, man. I'm trying to find this post. I remember seeing it yesterday (laughs) and I just keep scrolling. Yeah. Look at you. Look at you go, man. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, here it is. It's like 20 posts down. And as yesterday, dude, you're big. Congrats on what you are. doing. Um, so let's see some context behind this one. Well, you, you explain it. I have the quote here, but you, you explain the context there. I asked the minority in the U S if they would take a COVID vaccine within the next year. Here is the authentic response I received. FYI, I frequently received, like you just said, right? So, so what did they say? They said, I, I'd, I'd trust you Oh, I'd trust it if you said it was okay because you're in the clinical trials biz, but it's going to be hard uh, for the scenario. <laughs> a hard no for the scenario. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so even <laughs> uh, even that you're a black man, and this is probably a black male also, it's still a hard no.
1: That's what I'm saying. So, you know, it, it's we have to... We have to, like I said, we have to be willing to get there to those, to those, to those communities. Have those discussions with them. We have to get past all the the ads, the you know, all that stuff. It doesn't it's work. Not, that's that's like the, you are literally wasting money. I worked in marketing. You're literally wasting your money.
0: <laughs> and those companies you know built like, on just that business model, and they continue to exist because that's better than nothing <laughs> yeah.
1: but, but, but my thing is like you're going to keep getting the same people because right the, because nobody if the trust isn't there they don't trust you it doesn't matter what ad
0: you put in right front. right in
1: front of them you have they have to see you see you be see your heart see that you have empathy they have to see that I, we you know wow yeah <laughs> you know That's what's what crazy
0: you know what's crazy adam when i started in research so i started at a research site and uh, we did mainly schizophrenia studies mm-hmm. and schizophrenia here in la okay you the four times more likely african-american diagnosed with it than anyone else so when i started in research 90 percent of my patients across a bunch of studies when i was starting the site from like '05 to 2010 until i started to diversify into other areas it was heavy schizophrenia it was like all african-american and then I kept hearing on LinkedIn, even back then, they were talking about, oh, underrepresentation in clinical research. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Like, this is all I have are black people doing my studies. But I took, I was so naive because we had nurse practitioners that were African-Americans. We had sure. patient recruiters that were African-Americans. You know, the doctors were white, but the sub-eyes, a lot of them are black, Hispanic. I mean, we were like, we had a lot of minority presence. At our clinic, so I just took it for granted. I was like, "What problem is there? Like, if there's a problem, it's we don't have enough white people in these studies." <laughs>
1: but they, but they, but they trust you. That's the thing. Yes. you don't realize it, but they trust you. Yep. You know, it's not. It has nothing. You you don't even have to be a doctor. <laughs> you
0: know no, no.
1: You know, like, they, they trust the information coming from you.
0: So yep. they even so we, started trusting me like white dude. I mean, I'm Romanian, but I'm Caucasian still like I would go down, you know, to the hood where they had all these group homes with patients with schizophrenia would live. People would come out, you know, skeptical. Who's this person coming in our neighborhood? Then the patients would say, no, no, he's cool. And then I started bringing pizza and then we just started talking about research. We didn't have problem recruiting.
1: It's but the, it's the, that's why I was saying that empathy, like we have to we have to let people see our heart. We're, we're all scientists. So we, <laughs> you know, we're, you, know, you just, we don't, we're not people. We don't engage with people like that. You know? It's so
0: grassroots, man. That's what the industry doesn't want to do. That's,
1: and that's, and that's what it's going to take. Grassroots. I, I say that all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I,
0: but it's but easier to throw money at Facebook and say, Hey, this is problem solved. Facebook, like, we're here in Beverly there, Hills right office <laughs> doing uh, Facebook ads.
1: <laughs> I mean I've literally been on marketing teams and I'm just sitting and they're saying, oh we only got one referral, we've been running this for a month. <laughs> I'm sitting there like <laughs> You
0: just <laughs> you know, gotta go like, out in the community. Like that's but, but there's there. no there's no real way to um I guess it's not an easy way to do it because with ads you just sit behind a computer and you imagine like, you know, your ideal patient and that's it.
1: Remember when I was telling you about the community engagement and we send a team to the community?
0: You that's guys what do we're that. Doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so we'll send we'll send a team to the community, engage them, have a pop up stand, engage the community. They like lunch
0: help. and learns, basically.
1: Lunch and learn, they can you know sign up. So say a sponsor wants to you know, hey, we want to run a trial, and, you know, I don't know diabetes. Cool, we have iPads. They can sign up on your pre screener on the iPad right in the community. You know, <laughs> they don't have to. They don't have to go. It's what works. Twice, it yeah. well works.
0: You know what that. works.
1: Absolutely, what works. <laughs> they don't you know what I'm saying? they don't have to feel weird answering on a Facebook ad, you know? It's like, you get yeah. to talk to me, hey, man. This is what I do. I'll tell you about myself. How how I got here to your neighborhood. <laughs> you know what
0: I mean? It's so strange that this industry has this problem because they on the surface, you know, pharma is always talking about inclusion and diversity. But then I think like there's a big disconnect between explaining what the problem is and actually doing something to fix the problem i mean you see this in politics too like from both sides they just talk about the problems all day long Uh, because it's better for them to talk about it than to do it but in research it's not better for them to just talk about it mm
1: -hmm. yep it's not politics and and that's and that's what i'm trying to do with my company it's my company yeah on linkedin i talk about the issues i talk about the issues and i sprinkle in some solutions too
0: yeah but, i see your videos but, but, but here
1: we're but we are we are addressing the problem we're not you know yeah we we, we can we can complement our services with some ads and stuff but that's not like we we're not that's not what <laughs> that's not our our backbone you know we're not gonna sit there like oh we're gonna use you know facebook to save the study that's not what we're doing we're going to the community
0: yeah that's what it's <laughs> we'll gonna get, take, we'll literally man.
1: we'll get on a plane and fly to the community and to talk to the people and engage them. You know, have them fill out, like I said, have them fill out the pre-screener. Have them, like, all these things. So it's, like, we're trying to really get the industry away from not having those face-to-face uh, interactions. Uh, because so what,
0: what does your company look like? Like, what What kind of people do you hire as far as, like, their roles? I imagine it's a lot, like, for the grassroots, you're going to need a lot of minorities um but like, what are the roles that the, that these people are doing?
1: So, I mean, we have like, a, you know, community engagement specialists, uh, and, you know, they'll be on the ground, those would be the people that will be, you know, part of the teams um, that would, you know, go and do that do that operation. Um, and then we have a consulting aspect where I've literally, you know, I've done some of the consulting work, you know, I'll consult with companies and help them, do their kind of the preliminary feasibility work, you know, help them get some sites and all that stuff. So like I said, we'll literally walk them to the patients. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so here we'll yeah, find yeah. your sites and we'll find you the patients. Here you go.
0: <laughs> you so you're basic saying? your company's basically like a connector. Yes. Yeah, so, connect CRO,
1: CROs are really good at project management. So we let them help, yeah, yeah. they do they can do all that. But we are helping them find the sites. And then CROs, they can be the CRO. Right. Where then we step in and
0: find the patients. Wow. I think, I mean, I know you just started this company last year and you had no way of knowing Corona and all these social issues <laughs> were going <laughs> to come to forefront. They were always there, <laughs> but they're right, like...
1: Right after I started, it was like, poof, coronavirus.
0: <laughs> but you know what, though? This is like your company is perfectly positioned, I think, to capitalize on this because... I mean, it's literally just fall into your lap now. Like, this is the opportunity. I've never seen, the, I've always heard Pharma talk about this. I've never had them call me and yeah. say, hey, you know, how do we do this? Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, because we got to talk off camera about this project that I'm hopefully going to sign soon um, that we can work with you on. But, yeah, I mean, what is what is your goal for the next decade uh, with ClinArc? Or do you plan on starting another company? Or, like, what is your goal in the next decade? Well, you know,
1: for me clinar is this is this is what I've been planning for you know, um this is what I saw these are mm-hmm. the things that I'm addressing are the things that I've been being to address. It's just that it wasn't exacerbated like it is now. Mm. So it's like now people are rioting <laughs> you know what I mean now people are yeah. you know these are things are like coming to a head, so it's like it's necessary or else you're not going to be able to run your trial right so so um. Yeah, you know, I, I, this, these are I, I built my company on purpose the way I did. I named it Clinart, you know, Clinart Clinical Arc. Arc was used to save lives. Um, that's
0: well, I always I, thought you were a clinic in Arkansas, man. No, nah, man, I, <laughs> not, not even,
1: not even close. No, okay, I'm no, glad you explained that. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's why I named it Clinart because the Arc, you know, in the Bible was used to save lives, and yeah, that's what. It's perfect, man. I'll tell you, it, it all lined Makes up sense. perfectly.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it really did. And that's this is how you see uh, companies, you know, like you're a category buster in the sense that there really isn't a company doing what you do. I, there's elements of what you do that others are trying to do, but not all in one place and with your right, so that you have. And,
1: and that's what I, you know, I just, I just use what I learned and, you know, sprinkle in some creativity, you know, it's like making, you know, making a cake, you know, Sprinkle, in some of my, my favorite, you know, favorite recipe and, and yeah. whatnot, and, and, and you know, try to make it my own way. But
0: but I, I know you don't know. like speaking, but we got to get you on the speaking circuit, man. You got to be at DIA, Bio. Why aren't you doing keynotes and stuff like that? What what's going well, on? They hey
1: man, they I'm here. Yeah, I just got, I just got, <laughs> um, I just you gotta guys add, reach
0: out to Adam right now if you're watching. I know I, they're watching.
1: I just, I just, uh, I had some. Um,
0: when we speaking at uh, it's the. Cause you go to conferences? This is all they talk about Adam. like I don't even go anymore. <laughs> well, now nobody goes, but I just go you know, to like they're the, they're they're they're, me to the big ones. <laughs> this is all they talk about this. Uh, so diversity, which is going to continue, I think, for the next decade. Oh, yeah, um, it's, virtual so, trial and risk based monitoring used to be the big one. Those three things. It's all they talk about now at conferences.
1: So so the um, the, the Clinical Research Association of Canada. Is uh, okay. they invited me to speak uh, virtually on, on November twenty sixth. I'm going to be speaking with them about. You the got
0: to do it. Don't be nervous. I'm not. I can't. <laughs> wait I can't
1: wait. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, the nervous bone is gone. I, I you know, after it's, it's weird because it never I'm fully
0: like, leaves. Hey. Though, man, if you're a true introvert, I still get it, and then as soon as I start talking, it goes away.
1: Here comes <laughs> you <can feel> it <laughs> <true>. <laughs> yeah no so you know I, I'll be doing that, so hopefully you know we I get some more opportunities to speak because I, I do think it's important I do think it's important that you know not just not just patients see me speaking about this, but you know uh you know professionals you know that are going to come. everybody to start-
0: everybody so vendors they- are even interested everybody I yeah, think they- you're a rising star in the space um Adam Brown, everybody gotta go follow him. He's got a huge LinkedIn following. We started this off with that, but I never let you answer. How did you grow your LinkedIn? Like when did you start it?
1: So it was weird. I, I, I wanted, you know, I, I just went through this phase where it was like, I want to get to know people. You know, it's part of that whole, you know, being an introvert thing It's like, I want to get to know people. So I would add people who you know, just get to know them like leaders and stuff and see what, what their backgrounds were. And like, it was more so me trying to understand understand people um because i had been an introvert for so long you know it's like <laughs> i've been a scientist so i would always try to push push my limits whether it was you know when i was in college i would go explore caves uh, i would map caves i've caught rattlesnakes really? <laughs> um I was, yeah no like i i would try anything like <laughs> play a uh, legend of
0: Zelda in real life no sir like
1: i i mean <laughs> I, i've done i've like i seriously i, I went to arizona and caught rattlesnakes
0: Oh, I went to um, school in Arizona. That's cool.
1: That, that I love it. Arizona. Is one of my favorite places. I yeah, I went
0: to U of A. I actually have a house yeah. there. We're debating moving there because California. I don't want to get into California. Well, this is not that kind of show. You should
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but yeah. So you know, I have always been the type to really try and, and push the limits and, and really try and put myself myself in situations that would allow me to grow. And you know, whether it's mapping a cave, I was man, I was ter- I'm, listen, That's I, crazy. I'm, I'm from Cincinnati, and I remember looking down into that the black hole, and and people are just like getting the ropes and z- zipping down, and I'm, I'm freaking out. <laughs> but you know, I did it, and and it, and I felt good afterwards. You know, we were down there for maybe four or five hours, but but you know, it, it's it's nice to be able to conquer those things, and then you know, same thing with public speaking. It's like it's no different. Mm-hmm.
0: Just, just
1: keep doing it, and keep trying it. You know, you're gonna. I've, I've had, I remember my first, my first time being invited to, uh, to speak. And it was for, it was not too long ago. Actually, <laughs> I think it was with, it was, a uh, Pfizer was like hosting a, uh, event with like Covents or something. And I know for a fact that people there were thinking like this guy is terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you well, do it though? You did
1: it. I did it. I stood up there and sucked. My, mm-hmm. my, I, I was so nervous. I had to bring my wife with me. It was bad. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I stuck it out and, 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 you know, ate the bullet and, you know, kept pushing forward. But, you know, like like anything, it takes practice. You know, it, it truly does. Like, you don't realize it. but
0: That's going to help you build your brand. I think you're doing a great job. I, I do think you're a rising star in the industry. And it's funny, I discovered you on TikTok and then I realized... We're That's connected fun. on LinkedIn.
1: When I created that, it was just like, ah. I <laughs>
0: yeah, I thought I was like slick getting on TikTok early. I was like, all right, I'm here first. Because I did that with you. I tried to do that with YouTube. I think I did. And then with uh, Instagram, kind of. So TikTok, I was like, all right, I'm going to be here first too. And nope, there Adam Brown was there making video for like a year before. <laughs> so man, hats man, off to you, man
1: i i i try to you know i try to watch for trends now, i am an analyst you know i try to, i try to watch for the trends and and um see where everything's going you know that's just that's one of my that's honestly one of my gifts um i i naturally see trends like i'm able to like take take for some reason i'm able to like kind of zoom back from just like everything and try yeah. to see the big picture um and i think that 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 allows me to just do some of the things that i do um i don't mm-hmm. yep. the time, i don't even know I don't know what's gonna happen and it just plays out how I thought it was gonna happen. You
0: know? Yeah, that's, it's crazy how that stuff happens. So what, is, what do you think clinical research is gonna be like? Let's say we do this we should do this again before okay. twenty thirty, but let's let's pretend like we're doing this uh, like ten years from now. Okay. I'm older, probably got a bigger beard and all white. Um but what and you're still young. So what what are what's the research are we still gonna be talking about diversity or like well, what are we gonna be talking about?
1: I don't think so. I think um what's happening today this is going to sound crazy don't you know I I understand but but it was necessary the the climate that we're experiencing right now is like uh, it's like a pimple <laughs> you know like it it was bound to happen <laughs> but we just didn't know when it was going to pop you know it's just like it was you know it could have been Sometimes yeah,
0: you, you got to pop it out. yourself. Yeah, you gotta. You know, but,
1: but we're we're gonna, we're gonna figure it out. But I, I don't. I don't think there's 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 no way we can go back to just the way things were because you know too many people are, have now been brought into the light. You know, too many people are seeing are now seeing what's what's been going on. Yeah. You know, so I think you know, down the line, I think we're gonna see more leaders like having this conversation that are, that look, you know, like me, or, or, you know, they may be Native American, they may be Hispanic, whatever, you know, I think, I think that we're going to see more people of color, you know, having an opportunity to really understand, you know, be, be able to give their perspective. And also from a, uh, decision-making standpoint, I think we're going to see more in just, you know, in decision-making positions because that's important. I mean, not even in terms of race. I mean, just, even if you're just talking about, you, you you can't make decisions for people that you don't understand. It's that simple, you know. So you so you have right. to you have to allow them to be in the room <laughs> mm-hmm. because you know it just it just makes sense. You you don't know the nuances that go with you know that come with being African American, right? You know, I do, you know. I know I lived it, you know. I know I know what it feels like, you know. So it's like you have to allow those perspectives into the room, um, you know. It, you know, there's also an issue where it's like you know only. I guess only technically older people are allowed to be in leadership positions. They're wiser. They're, that's not, you know that's not true. You know, people who are 30, 20, they should they should if they if they're ready, they should be able to be in the room. They should they should be able to sit there and tell you what they think and how, how they can add to the how they can add to the discussion because that's important. Because mm-hmm. you know somebody who's you know I can't go talk to my great grandmother about TikTok. She has no idea. What TikTok is. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, but it's important. You know what I'm saying? But those those platforms are important. And somebody who's 20, 25 is going to know exactly how to use that. <laughs> right. You know, to build your brand. So it's like, you you can't, you,
0: your grandma analogy is actually good because it'd be like, you know, tr- like a 20 year old trying to teach her how to use it as opposed to like one of her friends who maybe is tech savvy and is explaining okay. it to her, right? It's a little bit of a different context. They understand her issues they're more likely to get her on tiktok than the 20 year old who doesn't even know how to explain doesn't understand life without a cell phone
1: exactly so it's just it's just we have to we have to allow those different perspectives into the room and i think over time you know it's going to take time because it's been like this for a long time but I, i think we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot of change i mean we're already seeing change you know people are scrambling to figure out how to fix it now, you know? So yeah. hopefully they, they keep going and I'm going to do my part <laughs> to make sure, you know, yeah. that, that they keep going. But, but yeah, you know, I, I, I am actually seeing some of the change, um, you know, yeah. companies calling me that wouldn't otherwise have called me. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, so, so, you know, it, it is changing and, and I'm, and I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy that it is because, you know, people, Another thing that we have to get over, one of the things that I've experienced is just, you know, people that, if you talk differently, people think that you're uneducated, you know, and, and that's not really the case. People grow up in different environments. So they talk, you know, they're gonna talk how they, how they talk. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they were raised for 20 years or however you know old they are. So, you know, we, we just, we have to really expand and be open, like truly open-minded. Yeah. I'm not saying let somebody in that's a you know a felon and they've you know I'm not saying crazy stuff but, but like those people me, are I mean, in anyways. <laughs> no, I mean yeah, I know, I'm just I'm not, nothing against felons, of course, nothing. Against, yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying we have to be open minded. That's all I'm trying try to say. Yeah. Oh, um, you know we, I have, think, we have
0: to get. I think the ahead. industry does a good job of the hiring for diversity more or less. I've seen a big improvements over the last Definitely years. Grow. Yeah, like, like CRAs now are like, uh, you used to just see like white female, now you see like Nigerian, a lot of Nigerians, you see like Asian, Hispanic. So we're starting to see more of that. But I always tell people like, if you're trying to break in, okay, breaking into the industry is one of the hardest things to do. Um, Adam and myself, we kind of got lucky, uh, mm-hmm. but it's tough now in a 2020 world, but look at all these problems so we just discussed for an hour, okay? Right. Nobody is gonna necessarily give you the chance. You give yourself the chance, and you can create your own business. Create a DBA. You don't have to get an LLC. Create a DBA. You're recruiting patients, studies for sites, physicians. You're helping them brand. Whatever you're comfortable doing, you do that. Now you got experience. Now you put you just put yourself in the industry, right? And yep. so, especially important if you're a minority—African American, Hispanic American, Asian American—we need those patients in research studies if you can find a niche for yourself that's your way to get in right now not waiting on covance or quintile or yeah, their ikevia now ikevia to give you a chance you give yeah. yourself the chance
1: you have you have to you know to be honest with you you have to um you know because you giving yourself the chance is going to give other people the chance believe it or not um because you're gonna you're gonna be, you're gonna have empathy when it comes you know you, if i see an african-american trying to make it in and and that's, not, and that's not to say I'm excluding any other race. Of course, I, I would never do that. But I'm saying yeah, I'm going to understand what they're what they what they've been through, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to want to give them a, a chance, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have to. It's important in that you know we, we do let other people come in and and, and have you know have a presence uh, in the industry.
0: Yeah, we exactly right, Adam. Uh, we put any everybody. I don't care your race. The employee mentality is to let someone else decide for me what I should do, and you need to. Even if you're going to be an employee, you need to start thinking more like an entrepreneur. At least treat your own career like your business.
1: Yeah, you got, you you have to have a game plan. You you just have to. I mean, because somebody's going to tell you where to go if you don't have a game plan. <laughs>
0: yeah, look <laughs> at that side in Phoenix. And you're, going and you're going to hate you're, it. You're <laughs> going to come here and do just this so that if
1: <laughs> you're going to you're yeah, going to organizing the TMS for that's right TMS. so
0: <laughs> that's right adam it was a really good interview man uh, we got to do more um where can people i'll put links to the linkedin to your linkedin profile underneath the video or if you're listening on the podcast to the show notes um anybody just reach out to adam He's a rising star in this space. I'm glad I discovered you from TikTok because on LinkedIn, I think you would have just got lost in the crowd because I had no context, you know, of who you were. Right. But that helped me, like, okay, now I'm paying attention to him on LinkedIn.
1: Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can. You know, I, I'm primarily on LinkedIn. Be honest with you, uh, I have. Um, I have Twitter. It's called I see trends, which is funny because
0: <laughs> ah, I'll follow you there.
1: Um, but, but yeah, you know, on, on my LinkedIn, uh, I'm sorry, on my, on my Twitter, I talk about basketball, all that stuff. I like um, watching. Oh, baseball. you do. You'll probably, you'll probably see me say crazy stuff about LeBron and you know, all that. Wait,
0: stuff. you're a hater, a LeBron hater. <laughs> I'm
1: not, no, I don't know. No, lo- I love LeBron, but you know, he uh, had, he had a real ba- they had a real bad game.
0: Yeah, uh, He's an Ohio guy. There we go. I found him
1: too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's my that's my Twitter. Um, so I'll be on those those two platforms. Um,
0: okay. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Clipper fan, but I've liked the, I like the Lakers when they were like when I was young, like Nick Van So I like that at Lakers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they were really good. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, the Lakers pull it off, man. I I, I hope they do. They they they've been having some sketchy nights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Denver I don't, I don't Denver was scary. Can't believe they it, beat the Clippers.
1: It, it's Man, the Nuggets are giving them a hard time right now.
0: Nuggets, so. but the future – I think the future of the league might be Luka Doncic, man. That guy, if he stays healthy, he's yeah. going to be a problem. He's good. He's really good. <laughs> really, good really good. So talk to Adam about anything you want, basketball on Twitter, and um, I'll put links underneath the show notes. Thank you very much, uh, Adam, you, for coming man. on from ClinArc. And uh, we'll catch you all later. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening also. Take care so hey everybody thank you very much for listening to another episode of random musings from the clinical trials guru again if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to this podcast make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind please uh, and also go to the clinical trials if you're interested in learning more about who i am who some of my guests are uh, you can have access to some of my youtube videos uh, i do a lot of videos about clinical research so go to the clinical trials guru.com. And you can also call or text me anytime 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like Dan at the clinical Thank you very much.